0: first class in uh stewardship redeeming the time mm.
1: all right let's get right. started so yeah, and we... i i noticed too on the ones with campbell and baird and i we didn't ever look over there so we should pretend there's someone sitting there i almost wish there was someone sitting
0: yeah, there. yeah it's good i think it's good to look at the camera i agree yeah okay yeah. um <clears throat> are we starting three two, two one go
1: welcome to the dc podcast i'm russell Berger. yeah and you're sean DeMars. Yeah. And this is our first podcast.
0: Well, no. No. This is our second podcast. This is our
1: first podcast that will be actually recorded.
0: Yeah. You want to share what happened? On I do last... okay. I don't want to talk about it. That's fine.
1: So, uh, defending and confirming the face. This is the... The face? The, the faith. The faith. The defend and confirm podcast. Yeah. Uh, we get that from Philippians yeah. 1.7. That's yeah. some language that Paul uses when he writes to the Philippians. Uh, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, it means that uh, the gospel's under attack, and it needs to be defended by us, the ambassadors of the gospel. And it also means that the gospel is true and beautiful and good, and so it needs to be confirmed and uh, adorned and advocated for and proclaimed and everything else that you could probably throw in there.
1: Yeah, so, and we're, we're pastors. Yeah. You are a head teaching pastor at our church. Yep. I'm a non-staff lay pastor elder. Yep. And... uh Our hope is to make this entertaining and make it about apologetics, about um, ecclesiology, about basically anything where we can validate and encourage and uh, validate the truths of the Gospels and encourage and and equip other Christians to be able to defend the Gospel.
0: Although it seems like the way you kind of just said one one term and then... And then kind of backed away, you tipped your hand a little bit about what this episode is going to be about. I may have. Yeah. So
1: we're going to start Uh this episode. We're going to talk about the church. We're going to ask specifically, what is the church?
0: Wait, hold on. Let's do that again. Specifically, what What is is the the church? church? And what Hmm. is a
1: church? Okay. How those might be different questions.
0: But before you use the word ecclesiology.
1: Yeah. So ecclesiology comes from the Greek word for church, basically. Ecclesia. Ecclesia or gathering, assembly. Mm Mm-hmm and uh so sean Mm. i don't know anything about the church okay we'll pretend uh what is a church what makes a church a church and a non-church a non-church
0: that's a good question but first i thought i thought i was going to be the one (laughs) to ask the questions and you were going to be the one to give the good pithy theological accurate handsome answers
1: you're in my office right now okay so i call the shots okay sorry so here so you can ask me questions too. Okay. We don't have to have rules.
0: <laughs> okay. This All is right. like a
1: Montessori school. All right. You can just do what feels right. <laughs> okay. And we'll say.
0: <laughs> we're not going to get graded. That's no, nope, no. Nope. All right. Do you think they've stopped watching?
1: Probably. Okay. So, and uh, just to be straightforward here, mm. um, transparent. Transparent. We're just, we're we're fundamentalist Christians. That's right. We are. The Bible-believing kind. Yeah. Like the worst kind. Yeah. And we're going to do fundamentalist Christian stuff. Right. So when I ask you, what is a church, Mm -hmm. you're not telling me what our world, our culture might wish the church was or how they define the church. Yeah. We're talking about what does the Bible say the church is. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Throw that Uh, back to
0: you. Yeah. The church is the gathering of God's elect. Now there's different ways that you can talk about it. So do you mean what is a local church? What is the church? What is the church? Big church. The big C C church. The big C church is all of God's people that God has saved throughout all time and space and history uh, that will one day be gathered together with him in heaven.
1: So everybody who has ever been saved, ever will be Mm -hmm. saved. That is the church. Yeah. Um, China. China's a church?
0: No. People who have been saved in China. They're part of the church.
1: In okay, case so you forget about them,
0: <laughs> that's right. China, South America, South
1: America. Are we just listing countries now? Not Antarctica. So big Africa, C- <laughs> Big C Church. Yeah, Uh, we see this in Ephesians. Yeah. Paul actually is talking about marriage, Mm -hmm. and he says that we should, as husbands, lay our life down for our wives, just as Christ laid his life down for the church, Mm -hmm. as if there's one church. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also says the church is Christ's body, Mm -hmm. and says in Ephesians 4, there is one body. So there is, in in a sense, there's one church. Now some people would hear that and say, well then all these local little churches, Mm -hmm. is that the church? Can I be a Christian right now? Is this the church in this room? Or is there something else when we talk about a local church in the Bible? Because there's some second definition? Like, yeah. what is
0: a church? Yeah. That's a good question, but allow me to respond to your question with a question. Oh, great. Uh, as we're diving into this thing about the church, you just introduced this as a podcast about apologetics. That's right. Defending and confirming the gospel.
1: So why are we talking about what a church is? Well, allow me to take off my interviewer pants okay. and put on my apologist. Yeah, hat. Okay. Uh, and by the way, if you don't watch Arrested Development, you may have more problems yes. than your ecclesiology. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, You're not going to understand half of this podcast.
1: So the church is Christ's bride. Okay. He laid his life down for the church. Mm-hmm. He died to redeem the elect. Yes. The church. How that church, which is God's Uh, providentially decreed instrument for growing and expanding the kingdom in this world. Yeah. How that church is represented, how it is structured, how -hmm. how we as the church live out that commission Mm -hmm. has a tremendous impact on the gospel.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So the image that I like to use with that is it gives shape to the gospel. Yeah. Okay. So the the big issue that evangelicals in the west have is they say that if something is of secondary importance it's not really important right right so as evangelicals we kind of if we were to break ourselves down by the you know the four parts you know we we want to spread the gospel we believe in the inerrancy of scripture we believe in the uniqueness of christ and salvation etc we would then be prone to say well because how you define a church doesn't fit into kind of those first important issues and we're kind of just free to disagree.
1: Right. And because that's partly true. Because we would say, you may define the church differently, but you can still be our brother or sister in Christ. That's right. You can still agree on the on the core, yeah. first importance issues. Yeah. But we don't want to completely abandon our thinking about those secondary issues.
0: So how does a right understanding of the church or a wrong understanding of the church affect the shape of the gospel?
1: I think in a couple really important ways. Okay. Um, but... Before we get to some good examples of that, okay, let's 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 actually talk about what the church is.
0: Uh, you're gonna you're gonna do this, all right? The two bulls are locking horns. Go ahead.
1: Well, if I <laughs> if I tell you how it gets done wrong, yeah, then I'm kind of hinting at the right. Yeah,
0: way. you are. You're right. So. So back to what back to what the church is.
1: What is the church? Let's say, what is the local church, scripturally yeah. speaking? Because scripture talks about the local church as well. Yeah. Paul writes to the church at Corinth. Yeah. Uh, in Revelations, we see the seven churches.
0: And several,
1: how many Revelations?
0: Revelation.
1: Oh, okay. You're a pastor. Don't embarrass me. <laughs>
0: at least you didn't refer to the I, Holy Spirit, isn't it? That's true. I yeah. can
1: embarrass myself without your help. Okay. Thank you. So what is, when when the when the new testament authors say the church this specific church in this area what is that
0: they're referring to a a covenanted group of believers two or three people or more four okay i'm with you five five yep
1: six or more people i just heard people changing the station (laughs) right there stations
0: yeah you could have two up to a thousand up to five thousand up to ten thousand people who are gathered together under the name of Christ, right? Which doesn't just mean I say the name of Jesus. It means under a right profession of faith, under a right understanding of the gospel of the right Jesus of the right Jesus. Right. Right. So when Jesus says gather together under my name, he doesn't mean under my name as, as the Mormons understand it. Right. Right. So wherever two or three people are covenanted together to do life, to regularly live life together as Christians under the name and authority of Jesus Christ, that's what makes a church
1: okay so there's a lot to unpack there yeah and a lot of people have who have maybe never thought about this question of what is a church am i in a church is my church a church Mm. what should the church be there's maybe a couple things in there that they would say hey hold on a second where are you getting that yeah so i think everybody would agree that a a local church Mm -hmm. is a group of christians okay check and they gather together Yeah. i don't think that's super contentious maybe we'll (laughs) we'll come to that yeah uh the regular gathering part. can i go to
0: church at home if i watch it on the computer
1: so Hebrews uh, chapter 10, actually we see the command to regularly gather together. I'm gathering, uh, internet, technology, I'm yeah, gathering. Is, is that a gathering? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Okay. <laughs> so I think I think gathering means actually come together. I don't think the okay. authors of the New Testament foresaw uh, the use of digital technology to yeah. to reduce yeah. our actual physical presence as yeah. the church. And Paul says in... Second Corinthians, when you gather together as the church. Mm-hmm. So there's a, First
0: Corinthians chapter five. Thank you. Yep. Mm, that's
1: twice you've embarrassed You'll me. You'll save me. Don't worry. You've got one more chance before <laughs> we're just going to turn this off and start over. Uh, so no so joke. gathering together yep. uh, regularly yep. as commanded by the scriptures. Yep. Uh, we see the congregation-wide exercise of the affirmation of who is a believer, mm-hmm. who is part of that local mm-hmm. body. Uh, and then oversight as well. Yeah, we see leadership. Uh, Hebrews tells us to submit to our elders, our mm-hmm. pastors, uh, because they have a they're going to give an account someday for their flock. Mm-hmm. So, kind of getting into the concept of membership there a little bit. Yeah, um, we see the ordinances. Yeah, which are baptism, foot washing. <laughs> I, I like how we start an apologetics podcast not with some softball, does God exist, but yeah, just how many people can we rub the wrong way in yeah, on one right. episode? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's carve out the <laughs> narrowest segment of church <laughs> okay. polity and view yeah. of the ordinances yeah. we possibly yeah. can. So, um, generally in the Protestant tradition, we would see the ordinances of baptism, uh, communion, Lord's Supper, yeah. and some would say church discipline but at least those first two right
0: yeah i think i think the ordinances the things that jesus has commanded his people to do together as a as a sign and seal of the church in the life of in the life of the church is baptism and the lord's supper i don't think anything else is okay added to that and i don't think brother i don't like using the language of in the protestant tradition i know what you mean when you say that i think i know what other people mean when they say that but i just want to be clear there's there's This is not a Protestant thing. This is a Christian thing. So I think where there's deviations from that, they just need to get back in line with Scripture. Right.
1: We don't want to be an ecumenical podcast. We're not a secret sensitive podcast.
0: I'm not a fan of ecumenicalism and I'll tell you why.
1: Different episode.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Wait, now stop. Stop. Okay. Question. Go ahead. Isn't there already a podcast that people can listen to for what we're doing right now? I'm sure there is. Nine Marks. Don't you think Jonathan Lehman and Mark Dever are a much wittier, much you know, more adept duo to discuss the thing called ecclesiology that we're talking about?
1: They're not as handsome. True. They don't do CrossFit or Jiu-Jitsu. They don't do CrossFit. Jiu- they're probably not as entertaining. I agree. Even though they're smarter and more experienced yeah. and more well-studied and probably more eloquent. And wiser. Uh, but yeah, there, there are lots of other podcasts out there. Um, what I think we're going to hopefully be able to do here mm-hmm. is cast a broad net. Okay. So, ecclesiology is not the only thing that hopefully we'll talk about. Yeah. I'd like to talk about apologetics in general, theology okay. proper, uh, current events and things going on in the news and related to the Christian faith. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Alright, let's go back to doing a subpar job discussing ecclesiology. Back to a
1: mediocre ecclesiology yeah. podcast.
0: So, the church is the gathering of God's people under the authority of Jesus Christ in order to exercise the keys of the kingdom is that are we getting closer now
1: i think so and I, okay. and and i think we need to be clear that's the local church that's the, the local definition church. of the local church yeah, that's right so um ways this goes wrong ways that we see especially in um our culture and the world around us mm-hmm. that definition of the church either uh either, either churches that don't even think about that definition or haven't yeah. considered what the bible defines a local church as or churches that maybe alter part of that definition or ignore part of that definition. Okay. How does that undermine the gospel?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate the word undermine. Cause I think that's what it does. Uh, listen, if Jesus really did establish an institution when he left through which he would display his wisdom, mm-hmm. right? Through which he would gather his people, uh, then he really did have a design in how that, that was supposed to be done. He didn't say, I'm going to develop this thing called the church and I'll just let you guys kind of figure it out. No, there's a design, which means that there's an inherent authority structure. So if you have, go ahead. I
1: say you just used two words yeah. that my millennial ears okay. don't like design. Well, I, authority. Okay. and institution Jeez.
0: institution. So
1: there, there are a lot of people. And I, so when I was prepping for this podcast, I, you know, I know there's people out there that, that teach, and will write and speak and say, Hey, look, you don't need the church. You don't need organized religion. Uh, you just need Jesus. And if you are a believer, Mm -hmm. you are the church. Mm -hmm. You can, you can be the church from your footy pajamas Mm -hmm. on your couch Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. You can, you can be the church cutting your grass or going on a nature walk Mm -hmm. and God is there. Mm -hmm. God is in you. So I went out and I looked for authors who were saying this kind of thing. Okay. It was frighteningly easy to find. Yeah. Christianity today, Relevant Magazine, just wolves. Just hey, don't go to church. You don't need the church. The yeah. church is a power structure. It's you can just be a Christian at home on your couch. Yeah. Um, fundamentally, though, that's disobedience. Yeah. To God's word. It's sin. It, yeah. You're you are in sin. And how we excuse or justify that? Even even the excuse that hey, authority in the church is abused often. Mm-hmm. Um, churches are often dead and institutionalized and lack. Um, the the life-giving power and energy of the holy spirit that they should have mm-hmm. absolutely but that's not an excuse to abandon that god-ordained institution right so fair criticism maybe yeah uh, very misguided response right so this whole idea that you and your christian buddy can go do church by going up on the mountain and doing a hike yeah um disobedience yeah and 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 honestly if you're a christian and you're satisfied with that and you don't crave god's word and And love God's people and Mm -hmm. want to be surrounded by healthy biblical preaching and teaching and singing and and praying. There's probably something wrong.
0: There's definitely something wrong. And I've been there. Yeah. Haven't you been there? I've been there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that uh, Wiser brothers and sisters, not even really necessarily in person through the Internet. Thank God for the Internet. Although the Internet has allowed us to have church at home, which is no church at all, I might add. Uh, it has also allowed me to receive instruction from brothers 10,000 miles away who I'd never meet who helped me see how uh, sinful I was and wanted to just kind of hibernate with two people in my apartment rather than gather with the body.
1: That's right. And, I mean, there's probably people listening to this podcast who aren't members of the local church, yeah. who maybe watch John Piper sermons yeah. on Sunday morning. And hey, I'm glad you're watching something, um, but we want to encourage you to yeah. look into this, to look at the definition of a church in the way that God has... Has given the authority to the church yeah. to to be that instrument by which the kingdom is is grown, the gospel is spread, and he calls all of us to be a part of that.
0: Well, if they want to look at that definition of the church, where would they look?
1: this podcast?
0: Well, yeah. In scripture,
1: <laughs> uh, Ephesians,
0: Ephesians. Uh, what about the local church? I think probably Matthew mm, chapter 18, yeah, 16 and 18. Yeah. Right. So if Matthew chapter 16, Jesus identifies the rock, the confession, the rock as the, con- the right confession of who Jesus is. Did
1: you just smuggle some theology in there that not everyone might agree with? Mm, maybe so. So Jesus identifies the rock yeah. and speaking to Peter. Yeah. Um, that rock on which Jesus builds his church, what would Rome say that is? Peter. The, the Roman Catholic church. It's Peter yeah. and the keys of the kingdom, the authority to, to bind and loose, mm-hmm. to determine who is in heaven's point of view, part of the universal church and who is an unbeliever mm-hmm. that is in the hands of the Pope and the bishops. Mm-hmm. That's
0: not. Or a council depending on what century you happen to drop in. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's another way that the church is misunderstood. Yeah. Um, and that authority to determine who's a member and who's not a member, that the authority that, that Christ gave the church through Peter, yeah. um, that's usurped from the local church mm. in Rome. Yeah. It's the original multi-site church. Am I right?
0: I'm not so sure, but... Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but so Matthew chapter 18.
1: Matthew chapter 18. Jesus
0: J- is very clear that this has to be a gathering of two or three people under under his name, and then you see that language. This is the important part. If you're if you're kind of if you're like, ah, I think I see it in Matthew 16. I think I see it in Matthew chapter 18. Uh, you see this language picked up elsewhere in the New Testament in such a way that makes it so clear that any other exegesis really doesn't make sense. So, like you mentioned, First Corinthians chapter 5, there's a brother in the church. Mm -hmm. who has committed some very grievous sexual sin, so much so that he is about to be not counted as a brother. Right. Okay, Paul says, listen, I've already rendered a judgment on this guy. He claims to be a Christian. He's with you as if he's a Christian, but the way he's living, uh, it makes it obvious that he's probably not a Christian. And uh, so you need to act like it. Now, I could render a judgment, right? I could. I'm an apostle. I've got very unique kind of unilateral authority. Nevertheless, listen, when you guys come together as a church under my name and under the name of jesus christ i want you to use your authority to discipline this brother
1: right so that that authority to discipline is is given to the church Mm -hmm. and so what you're what i'm hearing you say is that the church gathered together as the local church Mm -hmm. is in some way representing jesus differently than the christian on his own
0: that's absolutely correct.
1: So there are, we, we could say that... Well,
0: there, it, it's the only way that we have authority to represent Jesus.
1: Right. So so we could say that there should not be lone wolf Christians. If there's a way that you can gather with a local body and be part of that God-ordained organization, yeah. that, that represents, representation of the, the, the true king's authority on earth, yeah. you should be. You're commanded to. You're commanded to. Yeah.
0: Right. Now, that's not to say that a person who you know, get saved, like really get saved when they're 21 and they live to be 80 and they never join a church. That's not to say that they won't go to heaven. I don't know. But I do know that I have good reason to have doubts about their walk with the Lord if they never end up walking in full obedience. In the same way that I'm sure a person who gets saved and never gets baptized could go to heaven. But if you don't want to get baptized, if you don't want to walk in obedience to what Jesus has commanded, I just don't have a lot of good reason to believe that.
1: Right. We're saying that true Christians. Should seek to obey their true king.
0: Yeah, and for the, for most of the people, they just, I mean, they may, may they just don't know. Yeah. you know, you see, in Hebrews ten where it says, "Don't forsake the assembling of the brethren." I'm quoting KJV on you. <laughs> when it says, "Don't forsake that," I used to quote that scripture back to people and say, "Dude, me and like three people are having a Bible right. study. I'm not forsaking anything." That's right. You yeah. know, we gathered. That's right. But what Jesus means and what the author of Hebrews, Luke.
1: Hmm. Paul? Different episode.
0: Okay. Whatever they mean when they say that, it's probably not you and your homies in the apartment. Yeah. Right? Probably not.
1: Unless your homie is your elder. That's right. And it's a house church. That's right. Which is totally legitimate. That's true. If it is still that that basic local church definition we pull from Scripture. Yeah. One of the ways that we see this uh, definition of the local church, I think, sort of abused or misunderstood or... What are you drinking, by the way?
0: Diet Mountain Dew. Of course you are. What are you? Because
1: I because my body's a temple. That's right. And I'm not trying to destroy it. uh, I'm drinking just plain coffee.
0: With caffeine, a drug. Wow, I didn't know you were an addict. (laughs) All right, go ahead.
1: So uh, one of the ways I I think that we most often in the evangelical world, uh, in the circles we run in, see this definition of the local church abused or misunderstood is in this. Phenomena of the multi-site church. Yeah, and I want to I want to preface this by saying we really are trying to alienate as many people as possible in this yeah, first podcast, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, it's true. Um, and, and I have really good friends and brothers and sisters in Christ who are who are at multi-site churches who who are in leadership at multi-site churches. Who and,
0: My hero. Yeah, John Piper.
1: Thank God for their ministries Absolutely. and for all the the amazing gospel work that they do. Now they just need to repent. Yeah, <laughs> but. but uh, I think it's misguided. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is if you have a multi-site church, you have, I think, one of two things. You have two churches that are actually two different churches. Or three. Or three different churches, depending on how many different sites there mm-hmm. are with different elders and different congregations. Or
0: would you say, maybe? Is that possible? Possibly.
1: Maybe 15. I wouldn't
0: go that far. Okay. Go ahead.
1: And the reason I say this is because the word church, ecclesia, mm-hmm. is assembly.
0: Now, that that is Mark Devers' ever heard of him that's Mark Devers you you, you may not have yeah uh, Mark Dever, the guy who discipled me whatever uh for like five months (laughs) (laughs) the guy that I wish was my dad but he doesn't text back as much as I wish he would (sighs) anyways let's keep it on track uh hey that that is his main argument. There's kind of the the video from the gospel coalition, like the it was like the shot heard round the world, this video of James McDonald, mm. uh Mark Driscoll, mm. and Mark Dever sitting around the table talking about the church. And Driscoll and McDonald kind of asked Mark, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah, you you think that what we do as church multi-side is not right, and like, what's your scriptural argument for that? And and Mark goes, Ecclesia means gathering. Yeah. Church means gathering. And Man, they just they they respond with just what well, I would say it was a lot of arrogance. Most people, but they just they laugh. They just couldn't believe that argument. It's just like a lexical argument. That's the best you have. Like, well, actually, in the Greek, what the word means in the original is, and and he was like, yeah. And you know what? I remember watching that video and thinking, wow, these guys are, uh, jerks. But I also <laughs> remember thinking, um, jerks who all, you know. Maybe at least one of them being, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I remember thinking, you know what? That is kind of a weak argument, you know, mm. for, for you to be the church guy, I would expect you to have a, a, a much, much more robust
1: argument. Right. It's so simple.
0: But brother, the more what? time I've spent studying the church, the more time I've spent looking at scripture, I think that's probably the most potent argument there is for a right understanding of uh church. And when, when we're having this multi-site discussion,
1: I think so too. And, and I think there's a lot of different ways you can see that in scripture, one of which, uh, let's, you know, look at, uh, again, back to Matthew 18, the, the process of intervening when a brother or sister is in sin. Mm-hmm. That's the church who ultimately, after, you know, after you follow the biblical steps of, you know, confronting that brother or sister in, in, a, in a small setting with elders and then onto yeah. the church. Yeah. So when the church renders a judgment... That's got to be the people who regularly gather with and hold accountable and affirm the faith of that individual.
0: Yeah. It's that gathering.
1: And if you're at a different gathering on the other side of the city and I don't even know you, how can I as the church be part of that judgment?
0: Here's a fantastic illustration. I'm having lunch with a youth pastor from a multi-site church in my town, Mm -hmm. Decatur, and they have a campus in Madison. Why are
1: you hitting the table? Is this your first time on a podcast?
0: Because you can't tell me what to do. And uh, yes, so um, anyways, Mm -hmm. I was having lunch. I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) I was having lunch with this pastor. And wouldn't you know it, in through the door walks a pastor from the other campus. Okay. And I say, hey, you should meet my friend here. And I introduce him. And then it hits me. Whoa, they're actually both pastors of the same church.
1: The same church.
0: Yeah. A member of their church walks through the door, and I go and I'm like, "Hey, you're a member of his church. Did you know that?" And he's like, "No, no, no. I'm not I'm in First Bo- I'm First Bible Decatur." And I said, "Uh oh, I said their name. Uh, Market it, cut it. Cut Mark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother, do you know that he's your pastor?" What? No, he's not my pastor. Yes, he is your pastor. He has, if you guys are the same church, he has authority over you in the Lord. Do you know this man? <laughs> he never met him. Nice to meet which, you.
1: Which is funny, but also, I mean, like we said, Hebrews says that pastor will be accountable for his flock. Absolutely. So who is his flock? Yeah, How can that person be part of his congregation, his assembly, yeah. his ecclesia, if he doesn't even know them?
0: Yeah, not only that, but members of the church have a responsibility for oversight over their leadership. In Galatians, right. Paul says, you f- you should have kicked this guy out a long time ago. You know, so uh, it's not just that the pastor has accountability over the members, but the members have a responsibility to make sure that their pastor's life and doctrine is, is pure.
1: So on the one side, you have churches that are actually probably distinct autonomous churches, different congregations. Yeah. On the other side, you have churches that actually are having their authority usurped by some central corporate structure or leadership
0: yeah well why don't we just give the three-part definition of a multi-site church that is very common the the, the kind of okay well in a in a thanks buddy you're always there for (laughs) looking out for
1: you i want your audio to be crisp and clear
0: yeah are we gonna have somebody mix this down
1: i don't know what that means okay
0: so the audio will still have to be if you know what that that
1: means hit me up on facebook
0: yes and do it for us for free Mm. amen all right i mean look at look what we're doing for you okay uh jonathan lehman has a fantastic article a couple critiquing multi-site on the nine marks article but one in particular he cites an author from a book about multi-site churches and this author basically says uh yeah, the thing that makes a church a church is shared leadership, shared doctrine, and shared budget, mm. okay? And, and, you know, doctrine, you could throw vision in there with it, whatever, okay? Those are the three things. And then he goes on and he quotes Piper, who who has a basically Baptistic uh, definition of what the church is. When you, when you sent me that quote the other day, it was like, yeah, a covenant, group of believers under the authority of Jesus Christ, exercising the keys of the kingdom, right. okay? But when he goes to talk about the church in relation to multi-site he goes yeah i think the essence is we all share the same doctrine we have the same leadership and we share the same budget and that's what makes us a church
1: which is a, a pretty big contradiction it's a massive Those are contradiction. two different definitions and they don't go together yeah and um and the the what i would say is a solid definition of the church the local church that yeah. piper gave i pulled that from a sermon he gave in the 80s yeah and now the more current definition we're we're seeing from him, I think is, I think it undermines the gospel just like we talked about. Yeah. Um, I think it fails to do justice to the biblical description of the responsibilities and roles of elders, members, and exercising the authority of the keys of the kingdom and doing so faithfully.
0: Yeah. So So, when, when Bethlehem, maybe we don't pick on Bethlehem, when a multi-site church that practices church discipline, let me know if you find one, (laughs) when they go to practice church discipline, in theory. In theory, supposing it exists, are they, do they have any authority? If a, if a group of elders from South Campus and Austin Campus and North Campus get together because this brother has been cheating on his wife and he brought his mistress to church and it's very obvious he needs to be excommunicated. And even though they're not super big on church discipline, you know, they're forced, their hand is forced. They got to do it. They're going to excommunicate this guy. When they gather together as that board of elders behind closed doors without anyone in the congregation there, and they render a verdict, thou art excommunicated, do they have the authority to do that?
1: Well, uh, according to Matthew 18, it's the church that has that authority, the assembly.
0: Well, no, the church, that's that's just shorthand for elders.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I don't buy that, I'm sorry.
0: Okay, so you think that the word ecclesia, the
1: gathering, actually it means assembly. You think it means the gathered ones. That's right. When you gather as the church, is what Paul says. When yeah. you gather as the assembly, that gathering yeah. does something unique. That that yes. is that is where the authority lies. Yes. Based on my understanding of Paul's writing. Yeah. And when that gathering's dispersed, yeah. it's still the local church but yep. it is not exercising that authority so
0: the elders have no authority in church discipline is what you're saying if i'm hearing you correctly you're saying they have, they have a different have
1: no kind of authority when did this become an episode about church discipline well is, this, is this a hobby horse
0: it certainly is connect well brother if you don't have church no, discipline right. but you know what though this is important this we is, should talk about it let me so look directly connected. at the camera uh
1: membership in church discipline
0: members if you don't practice biblical meaningful church membership and church discipline now i'm not looking at the camera uh, your church will, within a couple of generations, lose the gospel.
1: That is a, that's a strong statement. Yeah. And I agree with it. Okay. But yeah. I think we should unpack that on a different episode.
0: Okay, good. So back to what you were saying before. I don't know what Do they have the authority? There Do, we go. Okay. Elders have no authority is what you're saying. You're saying the congregation, it's my rule.
1: I think there's a different authority for the elder. I, I think it's okay. and to borrow words I think from you which I stole from
0: Jonathan Lehman, authority of counsel. Yeah.
1: So the congregation chooses the elders, the mm-hmm. pastors to represent them and give wise counsel to guide to shepherd the congregation in matters of judgment and decision making. But ultimately okay. the authority of command, mm-hmm. you are excommunicated or thou art excommunicated. Yeah, that's right. Is that the, the official, kings English? It's the official way to do it. I think so. Okay. Uh, that, that ultimate authority of command lies in the hands of God's people assembled in yeah. the
0: local congregation. Okay. Because they're the church. They are the church. So only the church has
1: the authority. We're pastors. Yeah. There's two of us. Yeah. We're, if we gather right here in, in, in Jesus' yeah. name, can yeah. we excommunicate somebody at our local church? Uh, no. I'd say absolutely not. Yeah. Because the authority of our local church is in the gathered body. It's not us. Yeah. We just counsel... And, give, and and our our congregation ideally, would take our counsel very seriously and weigh that as they rendered a judgment.
0: absolutely. I mean, I think that they should submit to it unless they have such a good reason to not to, not to submit to it that when they stand before the Lord they're going to feel vindicated
1: and I, yeah, and I think that authority that would cause them to not submit to us would be the higher authority of God's word. that's right. So um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. You
0: think so? Because I'm having a ball. I know. How long uh, have we been going?
1: Much longer than we anticipated.
0: Really? Hey, let's do this. So, Has it been 30 minutes?
1: Uh, I want to recommend a book for you to read. I think we should do this regularly. Yeah, every books, episode. Books to read. Books to read. Uh, and since we've been talking about it.
0: I've read like seven, so I'm good for at least seven I've read episodes. at
1: least 5% of the books on the shelf. Okay. Uh, this is What is a Healthy Church by Mark Dever. We have referenced uh, Mark Dever and Jonathan Lehman a couple times already. Yeah. This is a subject that they are heavy hitters on. Uh, why this book? I've, you I've you seen, said you were going to recommend well, it. Well, I've seen you hand it out to people.
0: If we were a church that had money, this would be something that I would hand out to every new member of our church. Uh, because it is just, it's phenomenal. First of all, it has the nine marks of a healthy church in here. Yeah. So if if you want to know what makes a church... or yeah, if you want to know some indicators of whether or not a church is healthy, he kind of put that at the very front of this.
1: Is this only for congregational Reformed Baptists like us?
0: It's or- for people who want to follow the Bible. Right. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, however, um, back to what we were trying to get to in the beginning of this podcast, okay. the, the, the church is the gospel made visible. And so, if you want to faithfully be ambassadors as a church for Christ in this world— there are certain marks of that church that biblically need to be there, yeah. And this book covers that. Um, it makes a really, I think, a really good case biblically for why those marks are there.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Look at look how thin this is. That's easy, right? Look how thin that is. How nine the nine marks of a healthy. Have you actually read nine marks of a healthy church?
1: I have. I don't have it here. I gave it away, okay. but i read it. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: it's it's very being thick. a good
1: steward of God's resources. There it is. Yeah, and, you're and not humble. being selfish. No, nope, yeah. humble too.
0: Um, yeah, it's really hard to get people. To read books mm. and uh, I still try to do it I probably waste a good amount of money giving books to people that they don't read but this is a book that's really doable it's like Dave Ramsey's little snowball thing that he says about paying off debt you know yeah take on the small one first so yeah. if you want to think more about the church don't pick up Edmund Clowney's book just because it's not that good but also don't pick up nine marks of a healthy church because it's really thick pick up this little book read it and profit from it
1: that's right. So, uh, for more podcasts like this, uh, suggestions, feedback, uh, episode topics that you'd like to hear us cover, uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, maybe Twitter. Sure. As long as you're the one who's doing that. Yeah, uh, that's right. I don't, I don't like Twitter. Um, and uh, why not? It's a long story. Okay. Huh? So, uh, yeah, thank you for watching, and we will.
0: Wait, before we go, do you ever wonder? Don't do it. If don't do it, jellyfish get sad because there's no such thing as a peanut butter fish.
1: All right. That's all we have. That's all we have
0: for today. Signing off. Take care. Thanks, San Diego.